Hello and welcome to the Successful, Sensitive and Intuitive Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Lydia Sophia Wilmsen and I am an intuitive success mentor for sensitive entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I speak about the challenges sensitive and intuitive entrepreneurs face. I offer you new perspectives and solutions, as well as experiences of other entrepreneurs. Plus, I speak about my personal experience of being a highly sensitive person who has successfully built and scaled two businesses. All of that with the goal to make you and your business even more successful in your very unique and authentic way. Have fun and enjoy. Welcome to today's episode. I'm super, super excited to have another amazing podcast guest on the show today. And today will be a little bit different because I will interview and actually let you know that he is one of my clients. So I'm going to talk to Keith. And I have interviewed clients before, but never that we actually also spoke a little bit about the coaching process. And I will tell you a little bit later why this is so important. So if you're interested in getting to know a little bit about coaching, what it is, what it changes and how it helps you, then this might be super, super interesting for you. And also, obviously, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about what Keith does, and I'm, yeah, I'm not telling you what he does, I will let you introduce yourself because you have all the power behind that. So welcome today, Keith. I'm super happy to have you here today. <laughs> Thank you, Lydia. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, wonderful. We need to, well, we we like this kind of energy. And as a first question, I would just invite you to talk a little bit about yeah, where do you come from? Who are you? Because you also have like a brutal and amazing life story. We will obviously talk about this. So yeah. give us a little bit of input who you are and what you do today. It's funny. It's it has changed so rapidly over the past couple of years. But the the current incarnation that I'm really in love with is I help people exit their nine to five jobs so they can live their life full out. I'm pretty passionate that we're given sort of a prescription when we get out of high school and get out of college. And a lot of people they look up 10, 15, 20 years into their career and wonder if this is how it has to be. And I'm here to tell them that it's not and help give them the skills, the training, the work around their mental muscles that let them do essentially what I did, which was leave behind a perfectly great corporate job and create my own thing and still be able to support my family and support myself and support our lifestyle. That's where I am today. Would you like me to, to go into a, the longer term version of things? So Yeah. So yeah, what I would like to know is because ah, perhaps a good um, step into that is because you said, yeah, you're an entrepreneur basically now you yeah. ditched the, the corporate life, what not many people are willing to do or brave enough to do. And the big question basically is, yeah, were you an entrepreneur all day, like you all your life long? Like, do you come from an entrepreneur family? And this yeah. might be an entry point for you to talk a little bit about where you come from. Yeah, that's such a good question because I think that's a limiting belief for a lot of people. It was a limiting belief for me for a long time. I saw entrepreneurs as other than me. I admired them. I put them on a pedestal like, wow, that's amazing. I mean, even, you know, they run a, a little corner bodega in New York. Wow, I could never do that. Or especially, you know, they've got a, a solo business and their product is essentially themselves. That's crazy. I'm never going to be able to do that. My background, my parents were blue collar. 
never started a for-profit business. We started a nice little nonprofit at one point, but that's certainly uh, a lot different. You know, my dad, my dad drove a truck. He was a long haul trucker and and my mom did a lot of different things mm. uh, to make ends meet, but among others, you know, she was a cleaning lady. So it doesn't get much more, much more blue collar than that. And I was advancing by getting a degree, right? Mm. That was the big differentiator for me. So certainly a lot of limiting beliefs held me back probably earlier in my mm-hmm. life to realizing that this is doable by anyone who's willing to do the work. And that's what I decided to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you say you had anything other than that, that helped you like some kind of mindset or like anything that helped you perhaps a little bit more than other people, perhaps even because, you know, I know you have a very, yeah, you had lots of hardship. So yeah. would you say this might be helpful. Yeah, I would say definitely I have been able to leverage some of the challenges I've been through in my life. I was successful on the outside and miserable on the inside. And that manifested uh, in a really severe substance abuse problem to the point where I was really so unhappy and misaligned and anxiety ridden and depressed. I drank myself right to the edge of death, drinking and drugs. And it's crazy. I walked into a hospital uh, 10 years ago. It's been 10 years. Yay. Mm. And the doctors told my mom, he probably won't leave the hospital. And uh, miracles happen. Um, somehow I walked out of that hospital two weeks later. And that that really started my ongoing self-discovery journey. Mm. But I certainly call on the muscles and the out of the strength that I built coming out of that. Like I can do anything if I've overcome something that's that low, that's close to losing everything. And when I walked out of the hospital, I had $5 in my pocket, no home to go to. My car was falling apart. Like I had nothing. And that was just 10 years ago. So I'm able to call on that. There's no question, but there have been a series of upgrades that I've made in my mindset and my energy and all those soft things since then that have Mm. built on each other to mm. make what happened in year eight, which is my entrepreneur journey made that possible. Yeah, I love that. And um, I just had a question. Um, let me quickly rethink that. I obviously wanted to learn a little bit more about what kind of, well, not, I don't want to learn about that because I know a lot about you. Obviously it's more, yeah. I would love the audience to learn a little bit more about the common perhaps mindset issues you were stuck in. And obviously also some of the stuff we worked on, but also perhaps stuff you worked on beforehand in therapy and other with other coaches. And um, what I want to show with that is also because you work as a coach now, and I think it is so important to understand for other coaches that every coach has a coach. It's not yeah. something for, for just a broken person or I don't know, something like that. It is yeah. just an amazing guidance system to help you to navigate those like mental challenges, but also business challenges or whatever relationship challenges, whatever you have to face. And um, like to give us a little bit more insight into that. And I think it will, yeah, it will not only even like benefit other coaches, it will benefit any other entrepreneur and any other people yeah. like person out there, because it shows you can be a strong personality, like you are accomplishing so much and you still have yeah guidance and you're even a man you know and you still have someone supporting you so i think it's a powerful powerful message 
Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, I, I my rise in the ranks before I got sick was self-propelled. I did not have what I kind of call right now Team Keith. But once I got out of the hospital, I love and that. Had, <laughs> Team Keith, you're on Team Keith, whether you knew it or not. But we need, even if we haven't fallen to the depths I had, having people around you to support you and help you. Life's not easy. I don't care whether you had my experience or something that was, you know, absolutely flawless, which mm. I don't think really happened. But, you know, I had a fantastic sponsor in AA. And I mean, Can this say was what AA is? Sorry. Yeah, Alcoholics Anonymous here in the States. Uh, he ended up really playing a father figure role to me, a, a role that my father didn't really uphold and was the first one to hold me responsible for my character development. Like that was huge. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be humble, not arrogant. Mm-hmm. And I worked through all that with him. And then I had my first therapist and that helped uncover some deep down things that were driving all this. Some of the abuse that I experienced in my childhood and naming uh, things like anxiety and social anxiety, giving those names was yeah. hugely liberating and knowing what the root of those things was. And that propelled me through a, a next stage of corporate growth, right? Where I, I got back at it and rose all the way up to COO. But I had an epiphany at that stage, which was this it? The same thing I talked about in the beginning. Like, do I want to run someone else's company? Is this enough? Is this giving me enough fuel and, and alignment for my purpose? And that's when I hired my first coach. And I didn't know what coaching was really. I read one article, a woman named Lauren Widrick, who was my first coach, wrote on LinkedIn and reached out to her. And like, this is how this stuff can happen. Like the door knocks and you're like, that's interesting. Because she had also left the technology job and talked about the life she had built. And I thought, let's talk. And that, I mean, therapy and a sponsor, wonderful, but very narrow Mm. team members, very specific. A coach has got this breadth of influence they can have on you in all areas of your life. And that's where windows and doors really started opening up for me. And when I started realizing I had a lot of thoughts and mindsets that were, that were going to get in the way of something that I actually had full capability to manifest in the world. Could you come up um, probably around coaching? It could be what you did with Lauren. It could be um, something we work on. What are, perhaps not only one thing, like three, name two or three really important mindset shifts that were super helpful to get through a coach and not through just reading a book. Yeah, the I mean, I could write multiple volumes of what I've learned. I've had three amazing coaches The first big thing I learned was leaning into discomfort, that our strengths and especially the things that got us to where we are in corporate are not the same skills that are going to serve us as an entrepreneur. It's great. There's some leverage there, but you've really got to get comfortable doing things that you might shy away from. For me, despite my personality, I had social anxiety, which I don't really identify with anymore, but I am an introverted person. I'm cool with that. But I had to get comfortable talking one-on-one with potential clients. How else to learn how to launch a coaching business? What would have been comfortable for me to do is build a website and make content. And I would have sat there for six months while I waited for somebody to pop in. And instead, Lauren pushed me to start generating conversations. And like that was super, super key. Then my next coach, while I did some mindset work with Laura, my next, next coach was named Fareed. 
And he did a ton around how your brain works and how you process emotions and thinking and really was the first person to, to plant the seeds that entrepreneurial success is not all strategy. It's not all executing and a business plan and marketing dollars. Like there's so much you can do in here that will impact what's in on your the mind. Outside. Yeah. Mind yep. the, the yeah audio that's right. I'm pointing to my, to my head as if you're going to see that on audio. Yeah. Between the works between your ears, right? Especially, and this is what I teach my clients. If you don't feel like you're a born entrepreneur, I think, the, I think some mm. people are born with a lot of these skills mm. and you see them, oh, they're, they're 19 and they're already killing a business. They probably just have a few things that we didn't learn. So learning what those were and applying them became huge. And then I think that's why you appealed to me so much, Lydia, when I saw your content, which is brilliant, by the way. And I thought I can sense that's my next upgrade, that mm -hmm. I need to continue what I started with Fareed and really work on my mindsets and my energy and how I process life and how I relate to my business and to circumstances and to other humans so that that junk doesn't get in my way. Because given my background, I had a lot of junk to clean out between my character defects and challenges with my parents and uh, the substance abuse. Like I was 47 years old. I've got some cleaning up to do in order for my life to be everything I wanted it to. Do you remember like two or three or yeah, whatever number of like big shifts of like what you were speaking about of mindset shifts yeah. to make it more, even more practical or grabbable or yeah, whatever yeah. you call this? So the most influential work with you, and I've said this probably a dozen times, was around target energy, which I had never, ever heard of before. And now I teach it to every single one of my clients. And they love it, which by the way, is why I love coaching that multiplier mm. effect that you get. But I had reached X success and you asked me, where does that stop? I said, well, I got there by working harder, by grinding, by working a lot of hours. And you said, well, eventually that's going to have diminishing returns. You can't just do that. And you almost dared me. You said, now do these exercises. What if instead of being go, 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 grind it out, what if you went about that with a 180 and did it with ease? And you, you might as well have told me that it's snowing in summer in Charlotte. I thought, that's not what especially the American culture teaches you, mm -hmm. right? We are hustle, hustle, go, go, go. You get your reward, you know, when you're 65 and your 401k matures and you bust your butt for 40 years to get there and don't look up. And I thought, well, you know, I guess I'm, I'm fairly coachable, so I'll try anything to to change outcomes or to, to shift what my relationship is to things. So we did the energy exercise and that changed things radically right off the bat, just deciding to go about the same work with mm. ease. Like I, my work didn't change and the effort I needed to put into it, I guess that shifted, but nothing changed. I changed my relationship to the work mm. I did. And my stress level went way down. In fact, my stress level went down even as sales went up and down, which is a real entrepreneur thing. That's the second thing. The second huge shift for me was the separation between how I could be every day and anything around me. And I mean, feeling at peace, feeling calm, 
feeling joyous and not needing that to come from outside of me. In fact, you, when I used to close sales, this chair I'm sitting in right now would go flying because I would shoot straight up, pump my fists. And it was like war cry time. Like my, everyone in my family could hear it. And I thought, this is great. This is the best high I've ever felt, which should have warned me right there. And I shared that with you. You asked me, how, how do you feel when you make a sale? And I told you, it's amazing. And you said, well, what if you held that energy longer than that five-minute explosion? And I thought, well, that's a really cool idea. And so that taught me how to stay in a higher state more often than not and call on those higher states and stay there as opposed to having all these ups and downs. And what I tell my clients is, isn't that just what we want as adults? You know, we come out, we we arrive in the world full of joy and happiness. My three-year-old sings every morning when he wakes up. Okay. It's built into us. And then we spend 20 years getting it knocked out of us. Why can't I start waking up that way? Why can I feel that way more often than not? It turns out that's a choice. And I had no idea I could choose those things regardless of the circumstances. And that's amazing, amazing change. And I love that you mentioned beforehand because yeah, when I when I got to know you, you were super successful. Like we can name this, especially for people who are interested in working with you. As you already said, you help people build their side hustle, you help people get out of corporate and you know, like those people who want freedom, those people who want to enjoy their lives, to do build something for their family and not for a boss, have freedom and choice over their own time. And so many make the mistake, they take the hamster wheel with them. And you were in yeah. that. You were yeah. super successful after half a year in your side hustle. Like when we started working together, you had, I don't know, your first month, just like you had left corporate fully for one month or something like that. So you were basically starting your business as a yeah. solo thing then. Yeah. And it was like, I'm working eight hours, 10 hours, whatever. And I have to do more. Like you were still in this hamster wheel, mm-hmm. like full on. And yeah. so many people don't even recognize this and that there is a different way. So I love that, like, yeah, you can be uber successful, but you can still be driven by the old stuff. And it's not only like people say like, oh, it's amazing to be all whatever hyped up and work a lot, but it's not sustainable. People think that like you're in the best age, but go down 10 years, you know, and you, and it was so funny, like there is so much to say, but just when we spoke about this energy, like, can you hold the energy of the sale, for example, and your pattern was your old addiction pattern. But so yeah. often we don't recognize that. Like, you know, like, bam, fired up. Like, it just gave myself, I don't know, like a pill or something. But then mm-hmm. you crash after that. And that's reality for people. And they just think they just have switched from, yeah, from corporate into their own business, but doing the exact same things. And in the beginning, it might feel like freedom, you know, but it will shift. It will change because you're dependent on the outcome and you don't have this freedom inside. And I love that you, I actually love you as a multiplier for all those people who come like with big, you know, big salaries, big names from corporate and starting their own stuff. And they are being set up in a different way through you. Like there, it's, it's dear to my heart because there are amazing, like not amazing, like amazing amount of coaches out there. And I think like you're in a, like you're one of, like you're a great coach. So everyone who wants to, to work with you is just set up for life. Obviously we'll also get my teachings <laughs> through you. <laughs> Yep. So I love that you brought this up. And 
perhaps what's the difference than working with a coach than just reading it through a book? Because people could say like, hey, I'm just listening to the to the podcast now. Like, okay, I'm going to do that. Now I do everything with ease. Like now I know it. What's the difference? Yeah, that's funny. I actually had a client once who talked to a friend, an associate who said, all that coach is going to do is teach you what you can read in books. Now he hired me anyways, because he, he got it. I challenge anyone out there to point to a whole series of books and say, I've been able to implement all the knowledge in each of these books and my life changed radically. Maybe one or two, but there's such a difference between bringing the knowledge into your brain and taking it out into the world and having another human there to guide you and give you feedback and direct you. Maybe you're an amazing person who can read a book apply it and transform themselves. But the best coaches have coaches. The best athletes have coaches. Does it make any sense that Michael Jordan had a coach? From the outside, we think, why? But coaches know they needed someone to question his assumptions, to push him, to challenge him, to pay attention to him in a way he couldn't himself. Because that coach, the cool thing about coaching is that coach is all about you. You've got a wife and kids and family and friends. There's one human being who doesn't care about anything but you, and that's your coach. And that is so cool to have that person, I say, in your corner, no matter you know what you need to do. And I think that's that's the, the key. What I believe coaches do is they hold up a mirror so you can see yourself as honestly as possible. And we apply a little bit of tension, a little bit of tension in areas where you're leaning away from growing and that's holding you back from what you really, really want. Mm. So for me, coaching makes all the difference. I, I get very passionate about it. I think everyone should have a coach. Like, can you believe people are in business? People who want to excel and they don't have a coach is, is crazy, right? The multiplier on the return is, is through the roof. People look at it as an expense. It is such an investment in yourself. I, I can't begin to describe how well it's paid off for me. I love that. And I would love to hear a little bit more of how it has paid off. However, first, I would like to know, um, because one differentiator, differentiator I make, or uh, like one important thing I say about coaching is that a coach holds a solution mindset for you. So yeah. you can fall into your problem mindset. And this is usually where we are when we have a coach. It's like, oh, nothing works. Or my life is horrible. Or my relationship is horrible. Whatever. Like we are yeah. stuck in the problem. And the other person is not us. So the other person can stand outside and say, okay, let's look at things. And I'm not going down there with you. Like if they're a strong coach. If, of course, if you're a coach, haven't done your own homework and you feel all codependent or something, then it's like, oh no, that person has problems. That's all my fault. Oh no, now I'm going to whatever cry with them or I don't know what, you know? Like, of course you have to do your homework again as a coach. That's why we have coaches to work on our own shit so that it right. doesn't, like our own clients don't trigger us with their stuff and we can actually stay in solution mindset. So I would love some examples from you, obviously from you as a coach and from you as a client, um, where you either held the solution mindset for a, for a client of yours, to give an example, from because sure. you were the main person today and not me, and um, also when you were um, a client, when you felt the power of someone holding the solution, the knowingness of a solution for you. So I want Bye. both perspectives. So I'll start the easy one. I can, I'll, right off the top of my head, I can think of two of my clients 
And this is a very, this is, this can be a typical pattern, especially for people who want to break out of corporate and they're staying on the hamster wheel and they're using the same old strengths that they've already developed. They're doing all these amazing things that look great on paper. And two of my clients who are already making sales, which is amazing, came to me and said, I'm doing everything right and nothing's working. And I hold that with absolute respect, but you hear how silly that sounds, right? But their instinct, if they didn't bring a coach on, would be to just do more until they finally broke through. And of course, seeing the problem from my perspective for both of them and knowing that there's an answer to that challenge and it's a 180. It's what are the things you're not doing or you need to do differently? And all of a sudden you ask them what they aren't doing or what they're not comfortable doing and all kinds of valuable things pop out. And so I've yet to have a client bring me a challenge where there, there isn't a solution embedded in there somewhere. I think you taught me last week that every current problem was a solution at some point. It was an answer to a question. It's just no longer serving you. So we need a new answer because that solution isn't getting you where you need to be. Now, from, from my perspective, where you held the solution chair, the coach's chair, I'm trying to think of a specific example. I learned so much from you. Can you prompt me? Is there something that jumps into your head and I can tell the story? I didn't mean to turn the interview on you, but <laughs> yeah. I, need a, I need a minute to think because we yeah. do so much together. Yeah, it might be something around um, like what comes to me is obviously when old patterns show up of anxiety, for example, you know, like so normal, right. everyone has that, but no one speaks about it because we only show our wins. So what yeah. does make like that might make a difference if you have someone who not only cheers you on, but actually believes yeah. in the difference. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Beautiful. Thank you so much for prompting me. That's dead on it, right? Having you hold the space when I have had some really anxiety-ridden days, and I've probably had three. So I've been out of corporate for seven and a half months, eight months. And my biggest like anxiety attack was during the month I was leaving corporate and I realized when my last check was going to come and I freaked out for like two days in a row. And then I had another one that lasted about half a day after I exited. And then one popped up, popped up recently and your coaching around it was so powerful. I didn't, I didn't, so many tools you can use. I didn't have to wallow in it, but I could give it space. I didn't have to let it dissuade me from my purpose and what I wanted to achieve, but there were things I could do to bring it under control. But understanding that it's part and parcel of the journey is the mantra I tell myself all the time that the stress, which, which I want to talk a little bit about the stress and anxiety so that it's kept in the right perspective The stress is just part of it. It's part of it. It's a different kind of pressure that you're under and it's normal. And knowing that it's normal and that people I respect with really high levels of success were like, oh, I wish I were Lydia, you know, multi-million dollar coach to say, this is normal. I feel it too. Oh, thank God. Right. Good. But what's cool, what's cool. And I want people to know this is I have traded the stressors of corporate for a different dare I say, more enjoyable stress as an entrepreneur because they're my problems. It's my growth. I have a ton more control. 
And day to day, I am far less stressed and anxious than I was when I was in corporate, even when I have a slow sales month, which is amazing, right? So I don't want people to be scared saying, oh, Keith talked about day-long anxiety attacks. Happened, not very consistently. If anything, there are little bumps in the night throughout the day. And you know, using some of the tools that you taught me, you know, between breathing and journaling and being present, I find myself pulling out of those pretty easily. And it's just been important to work with someone who's been there, done that, and can tell me everything is going to be okay. My first coach, Lauren, she would always remind me, you are going to be fine. And when a coach tells you that and you take it in your heart and you use that to pull you out of challenging emotional moments, that's gold. And it sounds so easy. It sounds so simple. I remember like one of um, when I worked with my my th therapist and my therapist also like with a smile on his face said something like, I, I have hope for you, Miss Wilton, <laughs> like in my, my, my last name, Miss Wilton. And it sounds so stupid, but this was a massive breakthrough for me. Yeah. And having a person to say this, obviously, full like full heartedly and not or wholeheartedly and not uh, let's yeah. just use this phrase. No. If that other person knows where you are, and this is what I mean, the difference between solution and problem, looks from outside and knows, you know, this is going to, I don't know how it's going to work. I also don't have all the solutions for you, nor do you have for your yeah. clients, because that's their job to figure it out themselves. We are the guidance, you know, yeah. we are not doing the work for them. And by the way, right. we could talk about so much. This is also a big and might be interesting to get your perspective on that. That's another big thing we can fall into as coaches and holding space for other people that we in the beginning try to make it work for them or we feel bad if something doesn't work as quickly as mm. it should be or whatever. And yeah. to have someone model that out for you and yeah. also who can help you through that is just, is just powerful. Do not fall into that people-pleasing mentality. That's right. There's a couple ways that shows up for me. Uh, again, Lauren, my first coach, I arrived where I am today and it's where she told me I would be two years ago. Right, coaches, they interact with somebody and they get to know you. They're good so deeply. And so when I finally say, Hey, Lauren, this is my product, this is my price, this is what he's doing. She's like, I know. Why are you surprised? I told you that in you know March 2019. And I'm like, all right, fair. But then I started seeing this in my clients, right? Like I, I'm like, I've got X in my mind, and in two years, watch where she's going to be. Now her vision is going to be way more myopic. Like I didn't get what I needed today. I didn't get what I needed this week or this month. And after having worked with great coaches like you, I know that the process works. I know the techniques work, that they're different than what we're taught, but they work. And it's really just a matter of, of trusting what you're putting your client through and holding that space, even when they're bummed out, even when things aren't working. Because you have to have as much faith as they do. You've got to set that example and be that reassuring, that reassuring presence. Now, you don't blow smoke up their ass either. There's work to do. Hmm. And that can be practical work as well as mindset and mental work. But if you've got a vision and that person has a vision and you see it together, that's where really, really cool things happen between coaches and clients. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I would love to talk a little bit about money mindset because so okay. many people have this question of, yeah, I know it's yeah. it's not a new topic, but it fits right now with yeah. what you were mentioning. You know, so many people are fearful of hiring coaches. So many people are 
yeah, want to try it first on by themselves. And you were always like, you were, you did this. You said from the beginning on, you had support. What is the shift for people? How, yeah, how, like for your own clients, but also for yourself so that you could see coaching as an investment and not to see it as an expense. Like, how do you help people and how did you help yourself to step out of fear, oh my goodness, like 10K are going out of my bank account, 20K are gone, you know, like, oh my goodness. How yeah. could you make the switch and how do you help people to, to see this differently? For me, coaches who are really effective at painting what I can produce in my life that I've expressed through the, the sales and discussion process, the stronger they are at telling me where they can help me go, the easier it is for me to then overcome any limited thinking around money. Now, I don't want to paint this as, I always said yes on the first call with all three of my coaches. Actually, every time I hired a coach, it got a little more expensive. And it was like, I was doing it again for the first time. Like, oh, this is $1,000. Oh, this is $2,000. Oh, this is this. Oh, this is that. And each time it's like, well, here I am again, deciding what I'm worth which is crazy. I could take that X thousands of dollars and put it in the stock market, but I've gotten enough clues from people I know and trust that talk about what investing in yourself produces, yeah. and especially if you're going to create your own business as a way to generate income more rapidly than you do just, just working in a job. And that played out really quickly for me. You know, that first couple credit cards that clients gave me, and I realized I can make money doing this really sealed the deal. But the funny thing is when, you know, when I talk to, to people that I'm interested in enrolling, they have the same, the same thought processes, right? It's a red number. It's a six or $7,000 expense and shifting that to let's talk about different ways you can invest that money. And let's talk about really what investing in yourself creates and how do you put a price on I start a side hustle and leave corporate. Is that worth $10,000, $20,000, $100,000? And almost every time the answer is it's, it's huge. It's, and, and people, they've got to put a value on that, on their life yeah. and their day-to-day. -day, you know, and they'll get resourceful, resourceful for a new car or resourceful for a dinner. And then they, they clam up when they're investing in themselves in this weird thing called coaching. But then they do, and they're like, oh my gosh, best money I ever spent, right? Like now I know how valuable I am and how valuable working on me is. And so telling stories of other people who struggled to overcome that money hump and who did it and succeeded uh, is a really powerful tool as well, because you're not the first person to, to, to question that investment and decide, yes, you're in, you're in good company with people who invest in coaching, the best top performers out there have coaches. That's why. Yeah. And I love that you um, brought this up basically. And I would like to know a little bit more around um, the pain, the people who want to work with you come with, because what I see with some of my clients where um, even with you, we had this um, at some point, like struggling with making a sale, like not necessarily with, with the, like people reaching out, like you were always amazing with that. But then um, like, what if there is a row of people saying no, or you know what's happening there? Yeah. And um, 
we worked on this, but I've done this with other clients. I have been there. So the pain people come to me, the pain you came to me was, okay, you know, I, I have, I still have anxiety around. I make so much money. You made so much money. You're like one of the 1% people out there who without still in corporate and having like a side hustle, make like, no one does this basically, you know, and still you had the anxiety. You had all this money sitting in your bank and there was still anxiety. There was still lack mentality. And there was this, I want to break free from that. And also, obviously I can't work more. I'm burned out. Like I have a young kid at home. I want to live life actually really on my terms. I want to see my family. And then all of that stuff you didn't even know about, we would go through, but it was really this shift from yeah, from red race into ease. Like that was a big, like you were driven, like you were willing to pit, put your card for that. Like this was a big pain and a big desire of yours. And this is what the people come to um, or come um, to me with, like this desire for fu personal fulfillment, for freedom, for doing things with ease, but maintaining or even making more money than before, like not sacrificing that and becoming a monk or something. So I think the clearer we get, and that's for everyone out there, and I would obviously love a little bit about the pain points your clients come to you, where people are willing to put whatever number out there. Like for, I had huge pain in my life and I was, I put 50,000, like whatever, huge numbers on that. I was paying, willing to pay that because of the, I wanted to solve that pain. So the clearer you paint that picture, and I don't mean in order to get the money from the people, but you know, right. the, to help people so that people actually shift and do the work. Like that's the end goal that we have, you know, yeah. to actually shift people. So share a little bit about the pain your clients or your prospects come to you, because that might be super helpful for other people as well to see how clear it can get. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about that co-creation dance, and I'll talk a little bit about the pain. People who come to I me, mean, I've got notes, right? And they say the same things, which is when you know you've discovered a population of, of other humans that all are sharing the same experience. And it's similar to what I did. They hit, they hit a point in their life where they look up and say, I'm, I'm tired of all these meetings and I'm tired of all these emails and I'm tired of having to ask permission to take a week off. I'm tired of not being free. And freedom is a big one. Like a lot of my clients... In fact, the more buttoned down they are, it's funny as they get in a couple of weeks, they're like, you know, I'm secretly a rebel. And I'm like, oh, hallelujah. This is amazing. We need to pull that part out of you because this really, really like hyper regimented person, we're going to have to squish that uh, in order for you to fully realize uh, who you want to be. And that what, what I think is key is during that sales conversation, that co-creation moment, where it takes takes two to tango. The person needs clarity on the pain they want to solve. And if they solve it, what their life could change and be like, like not just, I want to be free. Well, great. What are you going to do with that freedom? I'm going to travel more. I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to take more vacations. Like I'm only going to work four hours a day. Like beautiful. Heck yeah. These are really amazing things. And it's the coach's job to ask really good questions so that the person can get that clarity. Doesn't always work, right? Sometimes you get a no and you think the person wants it, but it's not, it's not humming inside them at the level it needs to be yet. And it, maybe it will in the future. You know, you never really know. But 
Yeah, I'm kind of losing track of my thought here, but what what else can I express around this that I missed? <laughs> no, I have you today. You keep me thinking, thinking for you. Yeah, just basically you wanted to say something about the pain and the co-creation. So what oh, is yeah. the big pain of, of your prospects? Yeah. And you said something around freedom, breaking free, their own rules, bringing out the rebel. Yeah, mm. they've, they've got a sneaking suspicion that life isn't supposed to be this way. But once you pull up to mm. 40,000 feet and, you're, and you look at even history, like humans haven't lived and worked in nine to fives in 40, 50 hour weeks since the dawn of time that's not how it's been but we've got this super super narrow view and clients who hire me have that sneaking suspicion that there's a different way to go about this where they can enjoy life more fully and so then when it comes to the money what's funny during that co-creation the people who have clarity and i'm able to establish that for coaches those deals close really fast because they'll figure out the money part of it because they've got real clarity on where they want to go. And you've done a good job letting them know that you can deliver on that. The coaching clients that I'm helping now develop their own business, you can tell, like they will even say in advance, I think this guy's perfect. And then 24 hours later, he signed, paid in full upfront. Well, you did a good job on the sales call. The client was ready and you two came together and realized that. And when you've got that kind of alignment between the moment of someone's deepest desire and your ability to deliver that, the money part can always be figured out. That can come down to just resourcefulness. Yeah. I've had people sell stock. I've had people want to take out loans, talk to their parents like to make this thing possible because they know this is the thing that could change everything. That's what it did in my life. I, I can't imagine not having had my coaches over the past two years. I would be living 10% of the life I'm living today. And I think that's worth all the money. Like, it's so funny to even discuss the money part, because when you like, when you say this, you know, you would be, and you already had a great life then, you know, you had a great life. Many people dream of, and you, you just saying like, I would be living 10% of what I'm living now. And you just got started. You know, it's not that you like, yeah. just imagine what the next 50 years brings, so to say. Uh, I can't wait. <sighs> and um, yeah, it's just. And I think that's important. And that's actually like when we sell something that's our, like also part of us, that we have to get really good in explaining that to the people we talk to. And also what we talked about, what I coached you on a bit was around what is behind um, if someone is a little bit like, you know, I'm not sure, shall I spend the money? That it's basically never about the money. It's always about the fear of change or yeah. something around that. That's huge. If you're if you're a coach and you're working on selling, or if you're thinking of investing, to pay attention for this signal, right? We're I call it the edge of a cliff type of moment, and that's what people feel like when they're making this decision: Do I want to invest in a coach? What they're really thinking of is: Do I want to go through the challenge and discomfort of change? And we are biologically wired to avoid change. In fact. Good heavens, a lot of our biological systems don't serve us in modern society. Our fight flight instinct, our anxiety instinct, all our hormones are still kind of wired for caveman days. And I teach this to my clients. And when you become someone who can use your mind to observe what's going on in your body and make decisions from a higher position, you will do things like decide, yeah, I can invest. But boy, getting comfortable with that change. Uh, I never take it personally when somebody says no, 
I take it as not yet. They're not ready. And the whole idea of that unknown future of becoming something different and doing uncomfortable things was really just too much for them. And I think that's what really holds people back. Yeah, definitely. And perhaps some last thoughts. I actually have like around two more questions because you mentioned the discomfort. You mentioned it now and beforehand. Why is it worth, like from your own perspective, why is it worth to go through that discomfort? Because as you just said, not yeah. many people do. Why is it worth it? Yeah, one of the concepts I've heard a lot of people share, and this rings so true, it's really all about upgrading your problems. Someone told me one time, even Bill Gates has money problems. His is different than my money problems, right? And so problems and challenges are consistent, but as you're upgrading them, the quality of your life and lifestyle can actually be improving, right? And the only way to create those kind of life-changing improvements is by doing things that aren't comfortable. But I tell you what, it's it's such a, I call it the hockey stick um, effect or, or hockey stick chart, but also an ice cube, right? If you think about an ice cube and you're doing this challenging work and the ice cube's in a room and it's, you know, 35 degrees and this is Fahrenheit, of course, you know, 33 degrees, 32 degrees and nothing's happened to the ice cube. And then at 31 degrees Fahrenheit, it starts to melt. And the same thing with like facing your challenges and growth, you're working it, you're working, it, you're working it. And then boop, something happens and it almost can be addictive. Like, oh, that growth, oh, that new life experience that was totally worth the challenges of what I put myself through. And this is coming from someone who as part of my therapy and overcoming my anxiety, I had to force myself to hyperventilate under doctor's orders for three weeks in a row. It was awful. It was awful. And I thanked her for doing that to me. Thank you for having me hyperventilate so that I can feel that discomfort, take my system down and start to show up better when I feel anxiety. It's worth it. Like if you want the life you picture, you're going to have to step into those things, but it's worth every single bit of effort. You'll get so strong and so confident and your life will change. It won't change if you don't change you. It has to happen that way. And at some point, and we are actually working on that, there are obviously people out there we don't even know who have like almost perfected that. Um, basically, this detachment from from circumstance. Because oh, said, yeah, yeah we, we upgrade our problems. Yes, we do. And I think it's not only that. It is really becoming like whatever happens, like becoming... Yeah. The person who lives through life, who experiences life while we or while I experience it, uh, while I observe it, like really this observer effect of looking down at me, what is happening and being able to to work through my emotions, to even work through hardship, do all of that, find solutions, solve things at the root cause. But life becomes different. It's not that I'm, I have accomplished that. I'm very open about this. I have several areas in my life where I haven't accomplished that. Some, some lives, I'm, uh, some areas are pretty amazing. Some is where I'm still doing the work. So I think, especially because we were talking about freedom, like this is in the end, true freedom. Yeah. Because we can have all the money. We can struggle if like, oh, is it enough? I have 2 billion sitting there. Is it enough? Can I make this one deal where, you know, like, oh gosh, what if it doesn't work? The same issue, the same stress. Yeah. But if I take that fear out, I have yeah. to do something big. I could lose all that money, but I'm not 
attached to the outcome anymore and I trust in life I trust in me I it's just it's it's just a different level of life a different level of experience that not many yet live to that extent no we're so close like emotionally and intellectually close to the things happening around us that we don't actually have a whole lot of control over and that is you know, as the Buddha said, that's the path to suffering, that kind of attachment. So I love the two things you brought up. I talk about them all the time. And that's observation, because that creates a little bit of, bit of operating space, yeah. right? Where the higher version of you is kind of watching what's going on. You're even watching yourself. And you can start to say things like, well, that was an interesting way I responded. Or those thoughts that popped into my brain, I didn't welcome those in. And boy, that emotion was strong. You start to observe those. And it's not as much a part of you, right? There's this higher version of you that's watching what's going on and you can see things differently. And you combine that with detachment and detaching from outcomes. I actually had a client who had a breakthrough month sales-wise today. And I said, what are the three reasons you had it? And I'm not lying. Number one, I detached from outcomes. He stopped worrying about whether, you know, his post got likes or what his funnel was looking like. Or what he had for breakfast, and then we're like all the things that could have affected his mood. He just started showing up, not worrying about the outcomes, which, by the way, means his fear went down. So his creativity goes up because fear and creativity don't work at the same time in your brain. That happens, you produce better results. It's it's less of that grinding, you know, by me type of energy. It's a through me type of energy. That's something else you taught me. Having a state of consciousness that allows good things to happen without you pushing so hard to create them. Detachment is beautiful. And again, that's a concept that we can read, we can even listen to and watch YouTube videos, but to actually apply this as yeah. a whole different thing. And for that, having a coach for that, <laughs> yeah. it's just a game changer. Ah, okay. Perhaps as last question, I could keep talking for you for ages. We might do a follow-up um, call at some point or a follow-up session. Mm, the three most important mindset shifts you either experience for yourself and, or you want to leave the audience with today. Yeah. The first one I really learned and took to heart was abundance because I always thought that, and it's abundance versus scarcity. I always thought that if other people had or were rich or wealthy, that meant I couldn't have that, that there was a, a finite pie. And if someone else had a big piece, I had to have a small piece or, or no piece. Uh, that one has been a big one for me. To understand that's not the case. Right. Yeah. To, to understand that is, that is not the case, that there's infinite sunshine, there is no limit on the number of millionaires in America and that there's plenty out there for everyone. In fact, we create more abundance when we do things like start our own business. It's not finite. The one I really, the mindset I really like is a curiosity mindset or the scientist mindset. I teach this to my clients and it's, it's tied to detachment and observation, right? So asking questions and being curious about what other people say about the thoughts that pop into your head, creating that distance where you're looking at something like a scientist and you're not taking it so personally is really huge. It's a way to, to keep yourself level. Even when things go up and down, like, Hmm, that's interesting. Engages a different part of your brain than, huh, that's scary. Two totally different things happen in your head. Um, 
when you when you go through that process. And the one that pops into my head that's most recent, and you can tell me if I'm overlooking one I, that is a that is a bigger bigger for me. But I love the new one you taught me, which is the solution mindset. It's so empowering to say that there is always a solution to any problem. We just have to figure it out. And then you can let go and stop being so attached to that problem and it being permanent. We just need to figure out a solution. And as we said earlier in the call, a lot of times that problem used to be a solution. And that's a super cool way to look at things. But I have a list. I've got it in Trello of like 20 different mindsets that I use at different times with my clients. And it's just an attitude, an attitude shift. That's all a mindset is. It's not that highfalutin. And it can really change the way you experience things. Oh, I want to know all of them. <laughs> What's the other 17? But that might take too long. <laughs> oh, we can put like a link to, to, yeah, okay, you don't have a website. Another important thing, Keith doesn't oh, yeah. have a website yet and still makes a six right. fig multiple six-figure income. So guys, ladies oh. out there. <laughs> yeah, oh. it was my instinct to start marketing and newsletters and a website and all these other things. And my coach said, go talk to people and build your business one human at a time. And that's been working for a year and a half now. So I'll have a website at some point. Not yet. So I'll send um, the people to your LinkedIn page and then they can all ask you for the other 17 tips. But again, oh. it's like it would be beautiful to have them. And at the same time, it's not about the information. Like, so I take it back. Yeah. Implement the three, the three Keith just mentioned and all the other amazing stuff we talked about today. And... Um, Yeah, if you want to know more what Keith went through in, in the coaching process, ask me. And obviously, if you are about to, or if you're wanting to start a side business, you're in corporate still because he's amazing at that. I never was part of corporate, so that's not my gig. Then please reach out to Keith and hire this amazing human person. Yeah, I, I always, I love my clients so much and you're just, I'm, I'm missing the right words for that in English, but... Like I'm all, I feel like very, very humble to, to be a guide to people like you because just of the, the life experience, what you went through. And it's like that people, you know, they come from the, the shittiest of life, you know, in the, like the most horrible circumstances and turn their life around and actually inspire thousands out there. It's just, yeah, it always makes me like teary. Like, oh, uh -huh. they ask me for support. <laughs> Well, thank so thank you. you for being here today, Keith. That was powerful. And I would say until the next time. I'll say thanks, Lydia. Did you like this podcast episode? Then I would be super, super grateful if you gave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Super helpful. And please subscribe to the podcast and share it with people who you know can benefit from it. You can find all links to my social media profiles, my website and contact form in the show notes. And whenever you're ready to take a next step, and that means you want to live a life of more on all levels, then send me a message with where you want to go and what is keeping you where you are, like what keeps you stuck at the moment. And then I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you for listening and until the next episode, much love to you, Lydia. Lydia.